0: Father's
1: lightsaber.
0: What's lightsabers, precious? Hello, and welcome to What's Lightsabers, Precious?
1: The Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Encyclopedia Podcast. We waste times at fictional wikis. I'm Ryan.
0: And I'm drooling on myself. Joanna. For some reason, right before we started recording, Ryan was imitating Charlie Sheen, and it caused me to drool all over the front of my sweatshirt. It wasn't even a good impression. No, maybe
1: that's why. Maybe you're drooling because you're salivating over the idea of a new episode of our podcast that's regular. Yay! Yay!
0: Thanks for sticking with us for three weeks. I am back from New Zealand now. Oh,
1: yeah, I hope you enjoyed our little divergence, but we're back to normal.
0: Those of us, those of you who join us on our Facebook page, you may have seen some of my photos from New Zealand. Hopefully I didn't post too many or too few. Hopefully I posted just the right amount. Just right. Just right. Just in that sweet spot.
1: Is there any Lord of the Rings news, Joanna?
0: No Lord of the Rings news that I have been able to look up because I've been out of the country. You were
1: in the site of the Middle Earth. Surely the news had hit there first.
0: No, I didn't look at the news when I was there. Okay. I was too busy having a magical adventure in the land of Middle earth hey ryan yeah is there any new and breaking star wars news
1: yes there is new and breaking star wars news and that the han solo solo film called solo a star wars story the story of han solo movie trailer
0: It's a lot of solos yeah buddy uh how does it
1: look got some good visuals some bold choices by ron howard i think
0: Yeah, well, I know that he came in partway through, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and he's kind of reworked the whole thing, from what I can tell. Oh, really? Yeah, like, Han Solo's a baby now.
0: Wow, about young Han
1: Solo, it's really young Han Solo. I thought I'd be seeing little Han Solo, but I didn't expect to see baby Han Solo.
0: Oh my god, is it like, look who's talking now? It's kind
1: of like that, and like, him and Lando are babies, and it's kind of like Muppet babies.
0: Wow! Yeah, and Like like,
1: their nanny, you know, like... Okay, for those of you who are too young to remember, Muppet Babies was a Jim Henson production from the 90s and 80s about the Muppets as babies. It was a cartoon series, and they had a nanny who was just a pair of legs, kind of creepy. It was a cultural touchstone, so if you don't know, educate yourself. Check it out on YouTube, it's quite funny. But uh, yeah, Chewbacca's the nanny, it's a pair of hairy legs walking around.
0: Oh wow, do they use their imaginations to go on wild adventures? They
1: do. There was a very funny joke in the trailer that I think you would have just loved. Where you hear a little, like, noise. And Hansel looks down at his diaper. And he says, I have a bad feeling about this.
0: Oh my god, because he pooped. Because,
1: yeah, it's a very funny He has a bad
0: feeling because he pooped. The poop made him feel bad. It's it's
1: as funny as the boss baby. Just so funny.
0: Wow, and that's setting a very high bar. I'm
1: really enjoying this new movie's ideas. I'm excited to see where Ron Howard takes us in this uncharted territory. So, anyway yeah It looks okay. Uh, let's. Because <laughs> tell... I, mean, I thought people were kind of nervous about it. I have no reason to be nervous anymore. I, I feel completely confident that Han Solo, a Han Solo story, a Star Wars story starring Han Solo and Lando as babies is going to be a masterpiece. Joanna, tell us about your trip.
0: I'll tell you about my trip to New Zealand. Okay. Shall I? Yeah. All right. So.
1: Make us all want to go to New Zealand.
0: Well, you should want to go to New Zealand. What do you know about New Zealand, Ryan?
1: It's an island country.
0: Yes. Its
1: native people are the Maori. Yes. White people came there.
0: Yes, they did.
1: Uh, it's where kiwi birds live.
0: Uh huh. And it's
1: where they filmed The Lord of the Rings.
0: Well, yeah, you got it pretty much sewn up there, don't and you? And they have a voice that's kind of like
1: this a little bit like Australian, but a little more on your nose.
0: Yeah, kind of.
1: That's, it's I mean. Quite, I, I saw a good description once it said that. Uh, New Zealanders sound like Australians who've just seen a ghost. <laughs> like, that's, that's really good. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me when I was there. Yeah, they sound really surprised all the time and really like upbeat. I was, they do sound upbeat. They are upbeat. And I've seen the fact. ghost. I do not believe I saw a
0: specter in my room. I don't know what to attribute that to. But anyway, yeah, so New Zealand is a small island country of 4.5 million people and 40 million sheep. Hot dog. Yeah, so ten times as many sheep as people. Uh, Apart from exporting dairy and agricultural products, the big industry in New Zealand is tourism. Of course. It directly employs 7.5% of New Zealand's workforce and contributes about 5.6% of the country's entire GDP. So, for example, in 2017, New Zealand had about 3.7 million foreign visitors. and Remember, their population is only 4.5 million. Yeah,
1: that's almost their entire population.
0: Now, 6% of all those visitors, Ryan, 6% of all visitors to New Zealand cite the Lord of the Rings trilogy as a motivating factor for their visit. Only 6 Yeah, I know. I kind of thought it would be more, right? But if you math it out, that means that in 2017, New Zealand received about 222,000 foreign visitors due to what's known as Tolkien tourism. Oh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about what you can see there and how New Zealand is sort of capitalizing on it. Because it's really surprising how much Lord of the Rings stuff there is even after, like, 15 years. And I asked several of the tour guides there because I worried that maybe people in New Zealand will be getting a bit fed up with all the Lord of the Rings-related tourism. They almost have their entire population in tourists. Why would they be getting fed up? Well, I don't know. I kind of got this impression. Like, for example, every time I went to some sort of Lord of the Rings-related site, I had to ask the tour guide, so are you actually a fan of Lord of the Rings, or is this just a job? Because I wanted to know how guilty I should feel that this person was forced to talk about Mordor and the Shire and Gondor all day long. You shouldn't feel bad about that.
1: That's their job to talk about Mordor and
0: goblins and such. But if you don't like it, like Ryan, imagine if, for example, you had to do a tour that was related to the movie Grown Ups with Adam Sandler. Uh, wouldn't you start to resent that after a while? Well,
1: that for one, that tour wouldn't exist because they filmed it in a, a lot of it in a Kmart, and I don't think a Kmart is open that many places. I think anymore. that was Grown Ups too. Oh, okay. My my mistake. I don't
0: know how much grown ups want to yeah, place in a Kmart. Just tune
1: into our other podcasts.
0: Wasted your time on fictional grown ups
1: wikis. Just grown dot com.
0: So imagine if the movie grown ups were for some reason extremely popular. Right. And the only job you could find in your area was taking people around to all the sites where grown ups was filmed. Oh,
1: that's where Kevin James pooped his pants. Wow.
0: I assume that happened in grown ups. I haven't seen grown ups. I, don't know I what haven't happened seen that, it, but I definitely <laughs> assumed that at some point Kevin James pooped his pants. Yeah, yeah. So you'd feel kind of resentful. And so that's what I was worried about. Um, But the young woman who gave us the tour around Hobbiton said she did like the movies and the books. She's kind of a casual fan. The guy who took us to Edoras was a little bit more of a fan, but he hadn't read much of Tolkien outside of Lord of the Rings. And the guy who took me to Isengard and Lothlorien was like a super fan. Like your level? Like my level. He said he read the trilogy every year for like 40 years. Whoa. Also, his name was Badger. Wonderful guy. Which is not relevant, but I really wanted to tell you that my tour guide's name was Badger. That's cool. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I, I would I think Badger might be more of a fan than you.
0: Um, possibly because he's I...
1: he's turned his hobby into a career.
0: He has. Whereas yeah. I don't see
1: you getting paid by the Tolkien Estate or the government of New Zealand.
0: Well, none of Lord of the Rings was filmed around. The metro Detroit area, so that kind of puts a kink in things. Excuses, excuses. Excuses, excuses. Anyway, let's start with Hobbiton, because this is the first destination for a lot of Tolkien tourists in New Zealand. And I've actually heard that it's one of the biggest tourist destinations in New Zealand generally. All right, so it's near Mata, Mata which is on the North Island, and it's on this farm, this giant farm owned by the Alexander family. Obviously... Peter Jackson and co. had to pay the Alexander family for the use of their land, and actually after shooting on Lord of the Rings wrapped, every remaining trace of Hobbiton was supposed to be torn down. And most of it was torn down, actually, my friend. uh, Travis sent me a picture of his visit to Hobbiton in 2007, and all that was left was like a few Hobbit hole facades which had been completely whitewashed, so it was like barely even recognizable. Painted white. white, yeah. Okay, so obviously the Alexander family was not expecting Hobbiton to be any kind of tourist destination, which sounds really short-sighted in retrospect, but it may be that when they arranged to have Hobbiton torn down, it wasn't yet clear what a global phenomenon Lord of the Rings would ultimately be. Right? So there were a lot of people who had their doubts when the films were in production. The trilogy was just like these weird fantasy books from the 60s that hippies liked, but not a lot of people had actually read them since then. And Peter Jackson was mostly known for doing these schlocky, ultra-violent, low-budget horror movies. So how could this series possibly be a hit, right? But of course it was, and people started visiting Hobbiton even when all that was left was a few facades. When the studio rebuilt the set for The Hobbit Trilogy, the Alexander family was now totally cool with it being left up permanently, obviously since they could make a lot of money off it. Sure. Right, so this time it's built out of permanent materials that will last up to 50 years, assuming people still want to visit Hobbiton in 50 years. I feel like people still visit some of the Star Wars sites. Well, yeah, they they just left Mos
1: Eisley out in the desert, like Luke's family's home. It's just out in Tunisia, just... In the sand, right?
0: Thing. And we're coming up on fifty—well, forty years, I guess. Yeah, but still it's a pretty long time. Is it People still go out long there? Time? I mean, it's really
1: hard to get out there. You have to like hire a guide. And... Well, now ISIS is like. Yeah, the ISIS occupied it for a little while. But you can still go to the Redwood Forest if you want to go to Endor.
0: Yeah, well, the Red for- Redwood Forest still exists. I'm That's sure. Good. I'm sure
1: Luke's little island in out in Ireland is going to get a lot of tourists. Probably. Now.
0: Probably it will. Yeah. Because all those buildings are actually there. Yeah, there's the are cool real thing. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so in Hobbiton, there are 44 Hobbit holes total, and each one is personalized according to the profession of the family who supposedly lived inside. So there's like one family that's fishermen, and they have fish and fishing rods out front of their Hobbit hole. There's another family that's bakers, and they have a really adorable little baked goods cart out front of their Hobbit hole. It's super cute. Now, what would be outside your Hobbit hole then? Outside my hobbit hole would probably be my desiccated mummy that is logged on to tumblr.com, hunched over with headphones on, and I've just died and dried out because I was too lazy to get up and feed myself.
1: That was your profession. That's my profession. In the hobbit community? That's
0: essentially my profession. Well, yeah, if we're going to take my profession now, that is essentially what I do for a living. Wow. Yeah, what about you?
1: I'm just thinking about your desiccated corpse outside of a hobbit hole. That's really disturbing.
0: When are you not thinking about my desiccated corpse? I can see it in your eyes. You probably have art supplies or something, right? Yeah, it's boring. But yeah, probably. Oh, it's not boring. It's cute. It's cute. But anyway, so there was actually a Japanese family on the tour with us and they kept going like, kawaii, kawaii, Mm -hmm. right? So, which yeah, it was kawaii. It was cho kawaii. It was super cute. Uh, One detail that I really liked is they have little Hobbit laundry hanging on lines throughout Hobbiton, and the deal with Hobbiton is the richer you are, the further up on the hill you live, right? Sure. So that's why the Bagginses live at the top of the hill, because they're really well off. So as you go up the hill, the laundry hanging on the lines gets nicer. Ooh, attention to detail. Yeah, I thought that was a really neat touch, right? So after you take the tour, you get to go to the Green Dragon Pub, which is also a permanent building, and... The level of detail in there is outstanding. I was just taking pictures of all the little nooks and crannies and the decorations, and they have costumes in there so you can dress up and pose for photographs. It's really awesome. Well, to me, it's really awesome. I know there are some non-fans who have gone there, and they're like, hey, what's the big deal? But it's not for them. Well, you wouldn't think, but actually, according to our tour guide, like 40% of the people who visit Hobbiton are not Tolkien or Lord of the Rings fans. How would they go? I have absolutely no idea, I guess they just do it because it's a huge tourist attraction? I'm not sure what you would get out of it, personally.
1: Some little hills on the ground Freaking tiny laundry Whatever man Yeah
0: like my friend Teresa Asked this guy who was complaining about it Why he went if he wasn't into Lord of the Rings He's like oh no she's there there's popular like whatever So
1: the people are I gotta go it's popular My friends won't like me I gotta be popular
0: Again this would be like Visiting the area where Kevin James Pooped his pants for grown ups And never having seen grown ups Yeah or Kevin James pooping His pants.
1: I mean, I haven't.
0: You just have no appreciation for it, right? Which is why you wouldn't go there. Right, right. Which is why I wouldn't go there. Whatever. It's going to appeal to some people, and it's not going to appeal to others. Okay. But I really loved it. I thought Hobbiton was a highlight. Sounds awesome. Right? So, let's move on to something that is not so awesome, at least in the movies. Mount Doom.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So, Mount Doom, if you're a typical American like me who's not in super good shape or probably even if you are in pretty good shape, getting to Mount Doom is really hard.
1: Okay, how so?
0: Well, it's in Tongariro National Park, and its actual name is, I'm going to say this wrong, Mount Nagarujo. You said so, oh,
1: oh, Joanna, you're messing up so bad.
0: Yeah, I know. It's pronounced
1: Mount Doom, Joanna. <laughs>
0: How did I mess that one up? I, know. I put an N in there. There's no N in do. Too many letters. <laughs> anyway, the best way to see it is by hiking the Tongariro Crossing, which is this super famous hike in New Zealand. And it's 15 kilometers long. It takes anywhere from six to eight hours, and it's just really, really physically taxing. But you did it. I did. I did wipe out at one point. There's one part where you have to go down this steep hill that's all loose rocks, and, like, a lot of people were wiping well, out. I seem to remember Frodo and Sam wiping out a few times. They did wipe out, and that's—I'm glad you brought that up, because one of the ways that I got through this hike, even when I felt like I was going to die, was I was thinking to myself, keep going for Frodo, do it for Frodo, and that's the best way to make it through. And you were carrying him on your back. Actually, I asked my friend Teresa if she would fire him and carry me up the side of the mountain, but she refused. Aww. Some friend. She's no loyal Samwise Gamgee. That's okay. You can just imagine,
1: you know. So there was, you know, there's two sets of footprints <laughs> where you were walking next to Frodo. He yeah. And one set of footprints where you picked him up. And fireman carried him all the way to Mount Doom. Frodo, it was there that I carried you. Yes. I think I goofed up that Christian f- quote completely. Where <laughs> it, it's been a while since you
0: went to church, uh, has You can't even remember footprints in the sand. What kind of poser are you? Well, it'd be
1: really big footprints, too. That's the funny thing.
0: Yeah, it'd be these giant hobbit-sized footprints. normal size for you. What if Jesus was a hobbit? The
1: the Bible would be a lot cuter.
0: Yeah, it'd be adorable, right? And
1: have he wouldn't have just... His last supper, he would have had like second breakfast and he would have had like, his last
0: elevensies. La- last elevensies, <laughs> yes. last
1: second dinner. <laughs> and he'd be like, I'm just so sick of this wine and bread. Cool, like, oh, but I need to
0: Yeah, no, instead of instead of wine, it's just like it's just a thing of pipe a, weed a, that he like pint. passes around. <laughs> a, point. a point. It comes in points. It comes in points. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. point on me blood. Or <laughs> <laughs> honey on me bread. <laughs> they, the Bible never says that, that didn't happen.
1: So it did. Just like Airbud says, there's no rules in the book that says a dog can't play basketball. There's no
0: rules in the book that says that Jesus wasn't
1: a hobbit. hobbit. Yeah, we're probably really pissing off any religious listeners we have. So let's continue. All right. Okay.
0: So I also went to the Paths of the Dead. This is a really awesome one. It's pretty accessible. You don't have to hike very far to see it. And the real world name of the Paths of the Dead is the Pinnacles. They're extremely striking and atmospheric. Sure. Um, A lot of the Lord of the Rings locations in New Zealand don't quite look Lord of the Rings-ish because, of course, for the movie, they did a lot of color correction and so on make it look more magical or creepy or whatever but the pinnacles they look like the paths of the dead there's no mistaking them
1: now when peter jackson's picking out these places did he did he see that and say oh that's like the paths to the dead or he's like Oh, you know what? This this could work maybe if I were to imagine them in a like. Is that how Tolkien described the past of the Yes, dead?
0: It, it. So he actually read through all the books and he compiled. He wrote out these detailed descriptions of what they should be looking for, and he actually kind of disseminated that throughout New Zealand oh. and encouraged people to like contact him if they knew of a place that looked like that. Cool. They also did sort of aerial scouting where they took helicopters around and looked for certain places. That's how they found Hobbiton. They flew over in a helicopter. Ah. That's how they found the place for Eterus. they flew over in a helicopter um, and they got a lot of tips from locals and that's how they found most of these places very cool yeah so Pass of the Dead just happened to fit the bill that's awesome
1: I mean, New Zealand just
0: has so many different kinds of landscapes, doesn't it? New Zealand's kind of crazy that way, right? So you go from, like, this subtropical area, and then you walk out, and it's, like, these dry and dusty mountains. And then you walk a little further, and it's, like, these snow-capped peaks. And then you walk a little further. It's, it's, like, all over the place. And the weather changes on a dime. Yeah. On a dime. So it's, like, torrential rainfall for, like, 15 minutes, and then it's sunny. Huh. New Zealand is otherworldly.
1: So that's why they picked it for Lord of the Rings. I mean... Also, that's where Peter Jackson lives. Also, that's where lived. Peter Jackson lived, so... Very convinced. <laughs> that might also be convenient. a factor.
0: Anyway, so then we went to Edoras. Okay. And Edoras is maybe like a 90-minute drive from Christchurch. Um, and I was on the fence about this one because, you know, they tore everything down. The Mead Hall isn't actually there anymore, but... I'm glad I went, because not only is the hill where Edora stood still super iconic and recognizable, but the scenery all around the area is mind-blowing. The real name of the hill is Mount Sunday, and it's kind of a place now where cows graze. Oh, okay. So as our bus was making its way up the hill, cows kept, like, lying down in the path, and the tour guide would have to get out and, like, shoo the cows away
1: it's not the land of the horses anymore. It's the land of the, cows. of the cows.
0: Yeah, there were no horses. Well, as far as I know, yeah, I didn't see any horses.
1: No riders of Rohan on the back of cows. No.
0: Oh, well, that would have been a sight to see. Yeah. Once we got up to the the peak of Mount Sunday, the tour guide handed out replica swords for us to play and take pictures with. So like they had Sting, which is Bilbo and Frodo's sword. They had Glamdring, which is Gandalf's sword. They had Anduril, which is Aragorn's sword. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, that's super touristy, but it was also super fun. Aren't you glad he brought swords?
1: Because like otherwise. You would have had to pack a sword in your in your carry on, and they would probably have stopped you at TSA.
0: Oh, quiet. they definitely would have. Um, I almost said repossess, not repossessed. Seized that confiscated, sting. confiscated sting. That would have been really embarrassing. It would start glowing blue. They'd think I was carrying some kind of hazardous radioactive substance. I would have gone to jail. They yeah. would have done a cavity he search, knows. had their whole arm up my butt.
1: The goblin TSA would be like really upset. You know, well, like... yeah.
0: Why did you bring the most racist sword in the world? <laughs> yeah
1: profiling so,
0: bro, it is, this sword profiles people like you would not believe anyway so from the top of Mount Sunday you can also see the valley where Helm's Deep was CG'd in so mm-hmm. it's just like Rohan all over very cool yeah it's very cool we also went to Victoria Park in Wellington and a lot of different scenes were filmed there most famously um get off the road quick oh okay Right? That scene where the hobbits hid from the ring wraith under the big tree root. Right. And that spot, incidentally, is a b to find because the tree and the root themselves were fake, so they're not there anymore. So you can find the sort of depression in the hill, but it's really hard. We had to look for like two hours. Well, Peter Jackson had to look a lot longer than that to find that perfect spot for that log. Well, he lived in Wellington, so maybe not. That oh. long, he's like walk like, past that one. He's like this would be a great place for a hobbit to hide behind a log. Yeah, I have to imagine what he a was victorian <laughs> quick quick mm. so I can imagine it now there are signposts <laughs> there are signposts there are signposts telling you where the hobbit's hollow is but they really only get you in the general vicinity somewhat easier to find is the tree where frodo sat and smoked in the outer shire which was in the extended edition mm-hmm. it's easier to find because that tree is a different species from the trees surrounding it so it's kind of distinct okay and also this is completely off topic okay but there were a ton of signposts warning you about aliens?
1: In this park?
0: Yes. So apparently, people have encounters or get abducted from Victoria Park or something, like quite regularly. It's not
1: aliens, Joanna. It's ring wraiths.
0: Oh. Dark, strange, shadowy figures with glowing eyes.
1: Sounds like ring wraiths to me. Sounds like
0: ring wraiths to me. I don't know. Nobody could explain it to me, and I didn't see any UFOs when I was there, so I guess that'll just remain a mystery. Ring wraiths. Ring wraiths. Queenstown Glenorchy. Now, well, I'm lumping all of Queenstown Glenorchy together because there, there were a ton of sites to see there. So you can see where Minas Tirith was filmed, you can see where the Argonath was, the Misty Mountains, the Fords of Breenan... Isengard, Lothlorien, and apparently Glenorchy is also the best place in New Zealand to score some weed. So you can also get baked as hell there if you want. So this is all in one spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, Greenstown and Glenorchy are separate towns, but <laughs> they're close to each other, at least in New Zealand terms. Okay. They could consider close to each other. I think it's like a 25 minute drive or something. Also unrelated, you can also see the Witch's Island from the movie Willow. All right. And Lord of the Rings... Definitely
1: inspired film.
0: Well, it does feature small people. Yes, so the, the Witch's Island is in Lake Wakatipu. We had two or three separate people point that out to us. Did anybody go to New Zealand just for the island from Willow? Maybe. There must be Willow super fans. It's gotta be at least a couple, right? Badger described it as a cult movie. Would it be? Would you consider Willow a cult film? Yeah, definitely. I mean, It wasn't, I, like wasn't like it. a major hit or anything,
1: but it's got like a real strong cult following.
0: Yeah, I feel like people know it. I
1: think people, everyone knows of it, but... people
0: Not not everybody has seen it. If you haven't seen Willow, check it out, especially if you like Lord of the Rings, because it's kind of like that. Very fun. You should definitely watch yeah. it. It's it's super cute. So this is the place where, again, as I mentioned, I took the tour with a guy named Badger, right? who is super jazzed about all these sites. So he took us to Isengard, which is this place near Glenorchy called Paradise, And it's on this dude's farm. And this guy has to be, like, loaded. Because it's not just Lord of the Rings that was filmed on his land. It's also parts of Narnia, Alien Covenant... X-Men Origins Wolverine, like, everyone films on this specific farm. Why just
1: this farm? What's so great about it?
0: You know, uh, there's no power lines around is oh, one of the things. yeah, that
1: makes a difference. So that
0: helps. So, and it looks sort of indistinctly wildernessy. Like, for example, in X-Men Origins Wolverine, it was supposed to be Canada. Okay. Right. And
1: obviously Narnia... No power lines. Right. Alien covenant. They're not going to land and be like,
0: ooh. Exactly. It looks like, and it has these fields planted, but there's no houses or cars or anything around for miles. So you can see how, oh, it looks like they terraformed this planet and then just left. Right, right, That kind of thing, right? Got it. So when you see the farmer guy's house, it's quite nice. But what's funny is his truck is a total piece of crap. Like we saw it driving around. And I don't know if he drives it on purpose to keep himself humble, if he just really likes this crappy truck.
1: Well, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't worry about it. Like mean, has sentimental value.
0: I guess. Badger said he got in a fight with that guy one time. About what? He never said, but they apparently they patched up because Badger brought him like half a bottle of whiskey and. Now everything was good.
1: Everything's hunky-dory.
0: Yeah, I just thought I'd update you on the Glenorchy drama.
1: I want to hear all about Badger's drama and (laughs) fights with farmers.
0: (laughs) so then Badger took us to Lorien, which is ultimately just a forest, but it's a really pretty one. And we had a picnic. We got to dress up in cloaks, play with some more swords. It's great. Sounds nice. Yeah. And then Badger gave us some banana cake. Badger
1: rules, man. Badger
0: really rules. It was super fun. Um, He said he originally came to New Zealand from Wales and was just going to do the tour guide thing until he got a proper job. But. Now it is his proper job. Making that dream come true. Yeah, that's awesome. So but for him. Yeah. All Shout right. outs to Badger. Shout out, Badger.
1: If you're listening, Badger. You're a great
0: tour guide. All my tour guides were great in New Zealand, honestly. It was, it was awesome. But
1: especially Badger, right?
0: Yeah. So, Weta Workshop. thats where, This is where I'm going to end things. Okay. So finally, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you naturally have to take a tour of Weta. And it's a relatively short tour, but it's a lot of fun. Um, you get to play with prosthetics, chainmail, and animatronic orc head. They give you a home recipe for fake blood. It's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. There's also this giant wall where you can see all the movies they've worked on. And it even surprised me how many they've done, Um, not just since Lord of the Rings, but also before. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been around for a while, and our tour guide was pretty upfront regarding her feelings on the films. Like, she genuinely likes the Hobbit movies, but she was also very happy to inform us that Weta didn't do hardly anything on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. She's like, you'll be happy to know we were not involved in the plotting or writing of that movie. And then she was also talking about, I think, Maze Runner. And she said something like, I'm surprised. It actually looks pretty good. I thought it was going to suck. <laughs> I'm like, are you allowed to say that? But yeah. apparently she is. Um, And we were allowed to ask what Weta did on any of the movies that were up on the wall. And for some reason, the one I chose to ask about was Black Sheep. Yeah,
1: if you haven't seen Black Sheep... It's a New Zealand horror movie with zombie sheep in it.
0: It's so awesome. It's yeah, really great. It's,
1: it's pretty fun. A lot of good prosthetics and gore and stuff.
0: Yes. And I feel like, um I mean when you see it, it's so horrifying. It's gonna shock you regardless of if you know it's coming. This but spoilers. Spoilers. I asked our tour guide if they did the part in Black Sheep where the sheep bites the guy's penis off. Aye they did oh cool they also did the little animatronic zombie sheep fetus it was like yeah did they have it there no i know i was really sad i was looking for it they did not have it there did you play with an
1: orchid but not a baby sheep fetus no unfortunately
0: not unfortunately not
1: so that's a weird place to leave it but that's about it for new zealand We had a great time wow i had
0: a really great time yeah i wish you'd been there so how much
1: is the new zealand tourism board paying us for this episode
0: Just to
1: off off mic for a sec. How much are they, what, what check did they cut us?
0: Okay, so it wasn't as much as we were hoping for. Yeah. Um, it's, it's only about, like, two grand. Only um, two um, grand? I was honestly hoping for, like, ten. Because, honestly, the overhead for this podcast is insane. Um, we're we really have to the studio? Yeah, we have to rent the studio. The we have to, um, pay our producer.
1: Yeah, on the ones and twos?
0: Yeah, the radio tower alone is, is incredibly expensive. Because this goes out internationally. So, um...
1: Now, is that $2,000 U.S. or $2,000 New Zealand? New
0: Zealand, which is less. Ah, oh,
1: New which Zealand! New
0: Zealand! Yeah, so they really screwed us. Um... But, 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 um, they've promised us that anytime we want, we can come back down and have more banana cake with Badger. Okay. We have to pay for the air tickets, but That's the that, banana cake uh, is
1: free. Yeah, I guess that uh, that weighs. Okay. Yeah, it all balances okay. out. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's go back on Mike, huh? Okay, let's go back. We'll cut this part way. out, of course. Yeah, so nobody, right. nobody right. has to hear this part. Okay, all right. Wow, okay. that sounds like a fun time. It was an
0: amazing time. New Zealand is an excellent place for tourism, and I recommend everybody go there. I want to go. Of course.
1: Got me hyped. Go next time.
0: You will. So, what are you going to tell me about Star
1: Wars today? Well, I thought we'd get back into the swing of things by continuing a little book series of the Jedi Prince. Oh God! Novels. (laughs) Oh
0: God! Okay, so this is part three of six. Part
1: three of six.
0: Oh man. So wait, is um?
1: Okay, I'll tell you right off the bat. No Baji in this book.
0: Baji, Baji, Baji.
1: Baji's not in this one.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
1: So that's good. But on the bad side, this book is terrible.
0: <laughs> Wait, like even compared to the first two?
1: I don't know. It's just the plot's all over the place. It's, oh boy. And this will be shorter than the other ones. So I know these tend kind to of go on a little while. And like, if you're not into these stupid books, like me and Joanna are, they gotta be the worst episodes to listen to. So I apologize. But it's our podcast, not yours. So
0: we That's can do what we want and you're not paying us. Nanner. The New Zealand Board of Tourism is.
1: Yes, yes. This book is called Zorba the Hutt's Revenge
0: oh i like huts yeah me too you explained everything about huts to me i like it
1: yeah and so again like every one of these jedi prince books it starts with the entire synopsis <coughs> of the three original films then what happened in the first books and then it goes on to this but this one it kind of spends more time talking about the death of jabba the hut choked by princess leia yeah. the yeah yeah and it says the galaxy is rid of that vicious blubbering beast at last
0: just blubbering B. I'm pouring out a 40 for Jabba. He was a survivor.
1: The word of Jabba's death spread from planet to planet throughout the galaxy. The news never reached the dungeons of the mudball planet known as Kip. It was there on Kip that Zorba the Hutt had been imprisoned long ago for illegally mining precious gemstones. In case you don't know. Yeah. Zorba the Hutt is Jabba's dad.
0: Oh, really? Yes. He outlived his son. He did. No parent should have to bury their child.
1: But within the first year after Jabba's death, Kip was conquered by alien pirates and Zorba was released from prison. The pygmy aliens of the Mudball planet had never figured out how to fly Zorba's spaceship, the Zorba Express, so it was still waiting for him docked on the same muddy cliff where it had been left when Zorba was captured. He dug up his hidden supply of gemstones and climbed aboard his spaceship, setting course for tattooing, fully expecting to find his son Jabba alive and well, and happy to welcome his father back to his palace. But a shocking surprise awaited Zorba. The fury of a hut was about to be unleashed, a fury known as Zorba the Hutt's Revenge!
0: That's like the... Beginning of the book? That's our intro, yeah. That's our intro. Wow, so okay, so this Mudball planet, is it literally just mud? What are they eating? They don't explain Kip very much. Oh, okay. But Zorba's got free! All right, Zorba's on the
1: loose! He's gonna go see his wonderful son, Jabba.
0: Zorba's getting loose with it?
1: Yep. The first chapter is called The Droid Fest of Tatooine.
0: The Droid Fest?
1: Yeah, because Luke and Ken, if you remember Ken, are Jedi Prince.
0: Oh, right! Wait, is he that little boy boy. that wears all the silver?
1: Ken and Chip. Chip! That's right. We are with Luke, MC3PO, and r 2 His it. friend who's just... Wait, so Chip is... Chip is... is Ken's ro-
0: friend who's just programmed to like him.
1: Robot friend, programmed to like him. But tragically, Ken.
0: Ken does not realize this. No, he does
1: not. Okay. So they're all on Tatooine for the Droid Fest, which everyone knows about the Droid Fest. All the best JDTs show up with their best stuff.
0: Sorry, JDTs? You don't know
1: JDTs?
0: I have no idea what JDT Japan Defense Troops? <laughs> eh. No.
1: Jawa droid traders, Natch.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I don't know why they would abbreviate that. That's weird, the but... Book,
1: I don't know why they did either in the book, but they're out there. They're buying a housewarming gift for Han Solo for his new Sky House, oh which has god. been finished. Oh my god.
0: I'm so... St- Are they still going on about the stupid they Sky they still House. going on about the
1: Sky House. Sky House plays majorly into this story. And so they're buying... They want to buy him a housekeeping droid.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, because Han Solo is just such a slob, apparently. Yeah, he yeah. He can't yeah, clean yeah. up after himself. Right. God, he's getting bougie. He's going to have a housekeeping droid?
1: Yeah So while they're out there, they drive past Jabba's now vacant palace, and they kind of tell us about how the government of Tatooine took possession of it and made it into things over the years. Like, like for example, it was the
0: Tatooine retirement home for aged aliens for a while. Aged aliens, but not aged like the native peoples of Tatooine. Is there some like, sort of segregation going on here? I think
1: so. I think it's really racist. They also mentioned that the hotel and casino that Jabba owned on Cloud City is now in possession of the Cloud City government. But as we're looking around the droid fest, they find a hot little number named KT-18. Cool. Or she prefers, Kate. Now, is she actually hot? Well, they describe her as like a pearl-colored droid with a woman's figure
0: so we're talking like an hourglass like she has boobs yeah 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 why don't they just say like uh, they found a droid with boobs Books for kids Joanna. okay (laughs) that's what it means
1: i got a bit of reader's theater when they meet kt18 oh boy do you want to do it with me
0: yeah i'll be kt18 i'm gonna talk as sexy as i can all right
1: okay starting there
0: actually nobody calls me kt18 i go by the name kate
1: And Luke says, Kate, I like that. We're thinking of purchasing you to serve a good friend of ours. He's a professional pilot. Have you ever met any Corellian cargo pilots before?
0: Dozens of them. My first master repaired Corellian spaceships, and I met all the pilots who came into his shop. Before they met me, most of them were rude bachelors with no manners, but I straightened them
1: out. Really?
0: One of them even got married because of me. The last I heard, he had six children.
1: Well, Kate, if I buy you as a gift for Han Solo, you better lay low when it comes to giving him advice about manners and marriage and stuff like that. If you overdo it, he'll probably shut down your power unit and advertise you for resale. C-3PO got permission from the regional manager of the Jawa Droid Traders to open up Kate's back panel and check for the quality of her circuitry. Excellent microcircuits. Superb mobility, too. It's rare to find a female droid has been manufactured with such quality, and... Now 3PO, I've read the manufacturing statistics. There's absolutely no difference between the quality of materials used to make male and female droids. I'm sorry if that's a blow to your pride. That's quite all right, Master Luke. We droids have no pride, only a sense of honor and duty. A sense of honor and duty and
0: sexism? I thought that
1: was a fun little aside.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah. So wait, so why... Why? So there's a rumor going around that female droids are made of crappier materials? I
1: don't know. 3PO never explains it. You
0: would think they'd have to be made of more robust materials because they might be treated rather roughly if you get my drift. Good wink. <laughs> just, yeah.
1: I, get, I, I, I see. I'm picking up what you're dropping. You're picking up what I'm dropping. I just like the mention of a regional manager, Jawa, too. Like, <laughs> you mentioned, like, a, job with, like a little tie. and So like, would they
0: call him like a, like a... Rmjct yeah or rmjdt. It's like he went to business school, but it was at like one of the second-tier state universities. Right. And uh, on he's... the weekends, he like goes up to the lake with his girlfriend, who's divorced. And
1: yeah, he's got he's balding, but you can't see that under his hood. So
0: he says things like, "If you have time to lean, you have time to clean." Oh,
1: definitely, yeah. definitely. So they buy Katie or Kate, as she prefers. When all of a sudden Tuscan Raiders show up, no, because they say the droid fest is taking place in their holy burial ground. Wait,
0: is this the first time there's been a droid fest, or is this like a long going thing? It doesn't mention. Have it. they been year after year having a droid fest on an ancient burial? It's kind ground? of
1: implied it's a regular thing. So it's... okay,
0: so the Tuscan Raiders are kind of in the right on this one, I have to say. So
1: they're they're causing a ruckus. They're stabbing Jawas. They're trampling droids with banthas. They're like messing the whole thing up.
0: Okay, for it to get to that level, this must have been going on for quite some time. Yeah.
1: So Ken and all the dro- there's like four of them now uh go hide in in one of the jawa sand crawlers yeah but luke fights on alone chapter one chapter two the return of zorba so the zorba express arrives on Tatooine, and he tries to call his son but no one picks up he goes over to the palace to see if he's home and that eyeball droid that popped out in the Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Tells him that he doesn't live there anymore and that huts aren't allowed inside.
0: Wait, so that eyeball droid has been, like, re-employed by the government of Tatooine? Yes. Wow.
1: So Zorba's all like, rum, 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 all harumphing about it. And he goes over to Mos Eisley Cantina to see if he can find out what's going on.
0: Where is his son? Why won't his son return his calls? Why won't he? The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. My so... boy was just <laughs> like me. <laughs> That's very good. (laughs) Anyway
1: So As Zorba enters the cantina He notices an imperial grand moff Standing by the bar Talking to some bounty hunters He's bald He's got sharp pointy teeth And he has a poster that says Wanted by Emperor Trioculus A Jedi prince named Ken From the lost city of the Jedi Generous reward
0: Oh my god
1: So Hissa Grand Moff Hissa Is in Tatooine right now Ooh Zorba interrupts to say Where's my son? (laughs) Give me back my son! Give me back my son! (laughs) Hissa tells him he's dead. And the <gasps> bounty hunters kind of fill him in that, oh, yeah, 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 Princess Leia choked him out. Oh, no. And so the, he pays the bounty hunters some gems. He hires ten of them. Yeah. Go over to the palace and break in and see what's going on.
0: Now, is Zorba actually sad about this? Because the way you described Huts, it didn't sound... Well, it sounded like they had some sort of familial crime organization going on. Yeah. But it didn't sound like they were a particularly sentimental bunch. He's more
1: angry than anything. Oh, okay. But also very greedy, as you'll
0: find out. I see.
1: Yes. So Zorba goes over to the palace. They blow a hole in the door. It's all abandoned. And he goes to a secret room and he finds a droid that has Jabba's secret will in it.
0: Oh, like last will and testament? Last
1: will and testament.
0: Oh. And he laughs
1: a big laugh. (laughs) Oh,
0: ho, 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 ho. Like at last he can get his hands on his son's, like, Hummel figurine collection. Exactly. I
1: want those Hummels. Those little German children will be mine. That's chapter two. Cool. Chapter three is Han's housewarming party.
0: <laughs> this is going to be my least favorite chapter in this whole series. I hate his house. And I hate him in these books.
1: So it cuts back to Luke and Ken and the droids. And they're just in the, all in the sand crawler together, driving back to Mos Eisley. Because yeah. like the, the Tusken Raiders got bored or something. So. Yes. So... It's kind of... Okay, it, It's just... that. The so exactly. like, then it's
0: just... And Luke is left to fight on. Anyway, later he was driving... Like, driving just, the sand <laughs> crawler. <laughs>
1: I guess that all worked out. We're just going to abandon that plot, right. thread. So they get to the spaceport, and two bounty hunters attack them. He says, We're going to take you and the kid to Trioculus! No! So Luke just lightsabers them immediately, and they get on the ship and fly away.
0: Wow. Well, okay, I feel like the couple who wrote these books just sort of lost all will to write fight scenes because it's like they faded to black on one and then it was just resolved off screen and then he just like kills these two guys in a second yeah they
1: kind of have this pattern of luke just using his lightsaber to kill anybody and just all the like instantly
0: wasn't he supposed to try and avoid that can't he use like a jedi mind trick or something why does he have to immediately go to murder kids
1: want blood joanna that is true
0: kids do they are howling for blood
1: yep so, anyway, they fly all the way to Bespin to go to Han's housewarming party.
0: Yay! It's Sky House. It's Chewbacca. Everybody's so excited yeah, about it. Yeah, Zixberry
1: juice. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: the, you know, if there's one thing kids like, it's blood. If there's another thing they like, it's a housewarming party. <laughs> yes.
1: On the way there, Luke's like, Ken, why are they trying to kill you, dude? And they like, he tells him that he knows things about Traculus, but he can't say what. It's very mysterious. So they're greeted by Lando when they first get there, and Ken notices that the city is covered in this brown haze. Ew. We call it braze, Lando explains. <laughs> <laughs> reading Ken's thoughts. Short for brown haze. Yeah, okay. air pollution. Not... It's becoming a serious problem on Cloud City.
0: <laughs> I feel like he didn't have to explain any of that. Like, we call <laughs> oh, <the> it Okay, <laughs> obviously that stands for brown haze. Obviously it's air
1: pollution. Lando, you're just talking to hear yourself talk. And because Triaculous is a Captain Planet villain, it's because of his factory barge oh. off the co- all, like, a little bit away from Cloud City. Oh. Saying all that braze into the air. All that <laughs> braze
0: i'm really upset about braids <laughs> i'm <was> so mad
1: <laughs> i mean there's always this environmental street going through these books Yeah, this was just so on the nose
0: they're already like a mining or like they're essentially fracking the atmosphere of the planet below them right. so why is he all upset about the braids
1: <laughs> so they go to the party And everyone's there, even Admiral Akbar, who they again describe as a sad-eyed calamarian fish man. Why are they
0: always emphasizing how sad his eyes are? He's
1: trying to tell people stories about the Battle of Endor, but no one wants to listen. Oh,
0: no! Well, that's why he's sad. Nobody listens to him. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, whatever, Pops. Yeah.
0: Art was in the war.
1: (laughs) I blew up some ships. I talked about traps. No one appreciates me. Blah. So... Princess Leia's coffin because of all the braise. <laughs> and so Han takes the Sky House up another hundred feet to get, get, get Oh Ooh, wait, his
0: Sky House can like go up and down? Yeah, it's like a hover house. Well why wouldn't everybody just live above the braise? Why did he have it in the braze in the first place? Well Princess
1: Leia scolds him, like, you're just running away from your problems. And he's like, it's <laughs> run- fine. It's fine, Princess, whatever. You're
0: just, you're just running why is it Han's problem? I don't know. <laughs> that's really stupid that's like if you lived in Beijing and it was one of those days where the air quality was bad and you had to wear a medical mask and people were like you're running away from your problems <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I have asthma you need to face your challenges. be a man be a man
1: so Luke and Ken give Han his present which is Kate and they get along famously right away they oh, get good. a good rapport off the bat she calls him the most handsome Krellian pilot she's ever met
0: You're the most handsome Corellian pilot I've ever met. Uh, Kate,
1: you are getting too saucy on this kid's podcast. Yeah. Admiral Akbar tries to snare Ken. He thought Ken would be a good audience for his war stories, How the Rebel Alliance Blew Up the Death Star. Wait,
0: snare him literally, like, with one of those rabbit snares? It's like a loop on a... I think
1: it's a metaphorical conversation snare. Oh,
0: okay. I'm (laughs) like setting this, one of those traps that, like, hangs up a tree branch. (laughs) (laughs) It's (laughs) a trap that I made myself. No, you happen to listen to my war stories. See, now it's a real, a literal trap. I didn't even get a parade, when I came back from Vietnam.
1: He thought Ken would be a good audience for his stories, but Ken tricks C-3PO and R2-D2 into keeping Akbar company. Oh
0: my god! So, why does everyone hate Akbar so I
1: much? they really poop on him in this book. It's a real bummer. So he and Chip sneak away with Princess Leia. to go, you know, like, tour the Sky House. And as they're doing it, they see the Zorba Express on its way into Cloud City.
0: Oh! Oh. Uh, through the braze, through the braze.
1: That's chapter
0: three. Oh my god!
1: Chapter four is called a friendly game of sabacc. If you remember, sabacc is like Star Wars blackjack, essentially.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. The card game. What you play in the uh, casino, right? Yes,
1: yes, yes. So Zorba goes to the hotel casino and says, "I own this place," but everyone shoots him down, of course. And the clerk droid tells him that Lando actually owns the whole coal complex now. Yeah. It's part of the Cloud City government.
0: Who run Bartertown? Lando. Lando run
1: Bartertown. So he demands to Lando that he give him his son's penthouse suite key card right now. So Lando says, "Uh, Tell you what, Zorba. I'm a gambling man and a fair sport. I challenge you to a game of sabacc. If you lose, you agree to get out of the casino, leave Cloud City, and never come back. And if you lose the game, Zorba said to Lando, you will leave Cloud City and never come back. And before you go, you'll appoint me as your replacement as governor. Do we have a bargain?
0: Whoa. I feel like this is really escalating. And they
1: do have a bargain. And so they place it back. But Zorba insists they use his deck, which is, of course, marked with ultraviolet paint that only Huts can see. <gasps> and so Lando loses big time.
0: Cheating. Wouldn't Lando be, like, hip to that? I, you'd think? I thought Lando was, like, a man of the world. Yeah. In fairness, what is the economic system of the Star Wars universe? Is it, like, roughly capitalist? Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like they just sort of took Jabba's stuff and,
1: like, redistributed his wealth. Well, the government repossessed it, basically, because they it, acquired there's no will. They couldn't find his will. Originally. So, like, the, literally... will was, the will was hidden in the palace. Only Zorba knew where it was.
0: So everything is just leased from the government or something? Hi, I, Joanna. There was no bank that gave him, like, a loan to build this stuff. He didn't pay out of pocket. I mean, like, it just doesn't... Was he renting all of his assets from the government?
1: Well, you know, Joanna, my favorite part of Star Wars is probably the financial side of things. (laughs) I just I really really love, like, trade negotiations. Oh, well, what a treat for you, because also
0: George Lucas loves trade negotiations. So that's why they're my
1: favorite movies, because it's all about trade negotiations. Anyway.
0: I'm just saying, like, Zorba might have a point.
1: I think he does. Zorba's not, like, entirely in the wrong here. But anyway, he's now the governor of Cloud City, and Lando packs his bags.
0: Oh, so Lando's just like, all right, well. He lost the game. That's fair. Oh, (laughs) screw, screw a free and open election i just lost it in sabacc they shook on
1: it they both spit in their hands oh and,
0: well then there's and Lando no going says it back it was the most that.
1: disgusting moment of his life to shake over <laughs> his hand because he had spit on it
0: the most disgusting moment of his life wasn't when he had to like pretend to betray his friend han solo
1: you think that'd be more but i think this is more like the physically revolting thing to do is to oh, shake a hut's slimy hand so that's chapter four chapter five traculous's factory barge so the party's over and kate's cleaning everything up and Han gets a call from Lando telling him what's going on with Zorba, and he's like, Yep, he's the governor now.
0: Uh, <laughs> we shook on it and everything, yep. so I can't really go back on it. I'm gonna
1: try my hand at theme parks next.
0: Wait, at he least. really says yeah, that? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Are you sure that's not code for him, like, sitting around his house depressed, eating from a can of baked beans, and playing roller coaster tycoon? Uh, he's gotta
1: leave Cloud City, so.
0: Wow, they're really taking this seriously. Yeah. Again, I don't know like what the governmental system is
1: in Star Wars. He warns Han that Zorba's out for Princess Leia. Ooh, cuz you know, she killed his son. Right. And so he's on the hunt for her, and, and he's about to escape with Princess Leia when all of a sudden Ken runs in and tells him that Kate fell off the edge of the Sky House. Oh no, Kate! You
0: stupid, sexy idiot! <laughs> she's falling into the clouds. Wait, how far is she falling that he has time to like run in, tell Han Solo, presumably get arrested? It's a gas
1: giant, so it's it's a really far. Way so wait, to fall. she she can just
0: fall entirely through the center <laughs> of the planet. Much, yeah. she's gonna fall through Fart Planet. Yep. Yeah.
1: That sucks. So Luke and Leia, they fly off in a cloud car to save her, and they catch her in the passenger seat. Oh, good. Wow, thank God. They had to fly down directly straight down and and catch her. And while they're down there, they see Triglas' factory barge. And so Leia suggests taking a closer look to see where all that braze is coming from. So they fly closely, and of course, the laser defense grid activates, and they get shot down over over this uh, factory barge. They crash land, stormtroopers grab Leia and shove Luke and Kate down a pipe filled with poisonous factory gas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, death by braze!
1: But Luke just jumps out with the force with Kate.
0: Oh, well then, why didn't they see that coming? They know he's force sensitive.
1: When they get back, Leia's gone.
0: <gasps>
1: Chapter six, a tale of two captives. Can you guess who one of the captives is? Ken. Okay, who's the other captive? Leia. Okay.
0: Wait, is that is that right? Maybe. Oh, okay. find
1: out. So, Luke and Layer out. Han has some quality time with Ken. He shows him all of his racing speeders and talks about driver's license. My sister's gonna kidnap me. Turn my cool bike. Well, he, he doesn't know that. He doesn't oh, like, he doesn't know. Okay. He's okay. like, right okay. after they take off to go save Kate. Oh, okay. And they're okay. talking. He's like, here's my racing cloud cars. And he talks about how old you have to be to get a driver's license. <laughs> Um,
0: <laughs> we got to Trevor's ad. You start at like 14 years and 9 months, and then you take the first session. Then you have to practice for 50 hours with your parents, and then you have to take the second session.
1: 18 for humans is the age, replied Han. 20 if you're an alien, except for Biths. They let Biths drive at age 10 because they're advanced bipedal craniopoids who reach maturity at a young age.
0: Wait, sorry, why is it higher for all aliens except for Biths? Racism! Wow, they're not even trying to hide it anymore.
1: Right. They get a distress call from Luke, obviously. Yeah. what's going on. And Han says, wait ki- wait here, kid. I'll be back in a flash. But he doesn't come back in a flash. <gasps> and Ken gets impatient. So he hops in one of the cloud cars and kind of plays around in it. And of course it takes off.
0: Of course it does. And he's flying
1: around because now this is pod racing. But instead of neat tricks, Ken gets arrested by the Cloud City police.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's not 18? Right. Right. he's not 18. or 24 and he He's not a myth. He's to
1: the Cloud City jail. <laughs>
0: Oh no, Ken went to prison! (laughs) I feel like if you caught a minor driving a car, you wouldn't send them to prison. You'd probably just have a very stern word with their parents.
1: So yeah, that's the tale of one captive. Okay. Now for the tale of the two captive, we have Trioculus with Princess Leia in his fancy private quarters on the factory barge. And this is a very, like, dramatic chapter, so I want you to read it with me. Yeah. If you would play Princess Leia for me, that would be amazing.
0: Okay, cool. I'm ready.
1: Okay. The three-eyed tyrant, Taraculus, gave a sly smile as he stared at his lovely captive. Please be seated, Princess Leia. I hope we'll find these quarters comfortable. Leia refused his invitation to sit. Instead, she stared out the window, trying to avoid looking at him.
0: What's happened to Luke?
1: A most unfortunate situation. We made every effort to save his life, but alas, it was to no avail. Do you
0: expect me to
1: believe that Luke is dead? She said angrily, turning to look at Taraculus' three eyes. Sadly, your Luke Skywalker has departed from the world of the living. But if there's any consolation, he died a quick and painless death.
0: I don't believe a word you're saying. I would know if Luke were dead. I would feel it.
1: Perhaps not. Down here by the Rethin Sea, feelings are dulled. All feelings. Except for my feelings for you, Princess Leia.
0: You don't have any feelings. You're a murderer. A liar. An inhuman monster.
1: In a fit of fury, Leia slapped his face. Tricholas just stood there, watching her without stirring. He took a few steps toward her. Is it so wrong to be a murderer? Or a liar? Or an inhuman monster? I may be all of those things, but I still have a heart.
0: Your heart is as dark as carbonite.
1: Tricolus glanced at his right hand, which now wore the replica of the glove of Darth Vader. He wondered if he should put the gloved hand on her shoulder to show his affection for her. There can still be great beauty in a dark heart. I'm certain there's darkness in you, Leia. You're a murderer also. You killed Jabba the Hutt in cold blood. Assassinated him with hatred in your heart. See for yourself
0: what you really are! I killed that thug Jabba in self-defense. He was the most corrupt and vile gangster in the universe.
1: There's always an excuse the first time one murders, but the first murder is never the last. Why, I think you'd even like to murder me, right now. That's what you're thinking, isn't it, Leia? Tricholus put his hand on her shoulder, but she took it down right away. Then he squeezed her hand and didn't let go. I love you, Leia! I want you to marry me and become the Queen of the Empire! Leia shuddered. You're insane! Accept me, Leia. I'm the only one who can give you the power and happiness you deserve. Leia pulled her hand away with disgust. You'll change your mind, princess. There's still time for us. A great deal of time! and scene
0: dramatic. That's like
1: the whole chapter right there.
0: Wow! I love how Trioculus is like so socially inept that it's like he wondered if placing a hand on her shoulder would show his affection for her. Now
1: remember too, he's also all burned up and stuff from that forest fire.
0: Oh yeah, so he's all gross looking. He's all
1: scarred up.
0: Oh no, no thank you.
1: Yeah. So chapter six.
0: Wow, that was very dramatic.
1: Chapter seven is called The Battle for Princess Leia. So Zorba's go- up in the penthouse suite of his new casino hotel and his sciences are getting all gunked up because of all the brays. He wants Tractor to shut down his factory, uh, but just then he, get, he gets word that they have Leia down in the barge and that Ken is in police custody. Bingo bango! He gets kind of a plan here. He's like, "I'm gonna, I can work this all out." So he goes to the Cloud City Jail to grab Ken, and he convinces Ken to talk to him by giving him candy buns laced with truth serum. <laughs> Ken's eaten ate like three or four of these buns that are Ken, so... Ken,
0: oh my God, what are you new? You are so stupid. You don't eat what a bad guy gives you. It's going to be buns like your choose serum. <laughs> of course, of course. Not but the he, buns. But he
1: spills his guts to tell them all about the lost city of the Jedi. Uh, he talks about how his name, Ken, might come from the word Kenobi, since a Jedi in a brown robe brought him to the city for safekeeping.
0: Oh, what a tweet. That is a tweet. That
1: was a new thing. Yeah. He falls asleep, and so Zorba sends Traculus a message like, Come get your boy. I got him right here. And he shows up, and he and Zorba kind of take turns congratulating each other on their successes. Nice job.
0: Yeah. yeah nice job. Yeah, hey, good, nice job. Yeah, good, hey, good job, man. Good, nice job. job.
1: Good, good, good. When he finally sees Ken, though, he's disappointed, because, like, this is the kid that's supposed to kill me. This Kadan says this kid was going to kill me. He
0: looks like a loser.
1: He looks like a loser. A sleepy loser. He's wearing
0: all this silver. That's so stupid. His Dumb. only friend is a robot. God. God. What a beeb. <laughs> what a beeb? <laughs> what a feeb.
1: What a beeb. <laughs> What a Phoebe and beebe.
0: What a beebin and Feeb.
1: That's a good Star Wars insult. Yeah, it is. So Ken <laughs> tries to do a Jedi mind trick on Traculus, and he says, I'm not the boy you're looking for. But it doesn't work, because Traculus has faced this before. So he gives another truth serum bun instead. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep feeding this stupid kid. And he eats it, of course. And so, he didn't learn the first time? Nope. And so Ken tells him how he knows all about Traculus and about Triclops, and how he's going to tell everyone in the Empire his secret. It's a pretty big threat there. And so, Traculus says, I need this kid. Zorba says, I got a couple conditions. And the first condition is, shut down the factory. And Traculus responds, A little braise never harmed anyone. Well, it did, in fact,
0: Trioculus. I think you'll find.
1: His second condition, give him Princess Leia. But Traculus refuses. Of course. How would he give up his queen?
0: Because he loves her. So,
1: Zorba gets really mad. And this whole fight with them kind of escalates. Uh oh. It gets to the point where Traculus calls in stormtroopers, and Zorba calls in Cloud City police they have a laser fight.
0: Ooh! Like a zap zone? Yeah. Cool. But with death. With death, where you actually die.
1: Chapter A is called Revenge at Last! The Last chapter of our book.
0: Oh my god, this is exciting. <laughs> the
1: stormtroopers all get clowned on, because uh, Zorba gave all the police officers brand new guns that are, like, high-tech. Ooh. And Traklos is captured and sent to be frozen in carbonite
0: <gasps> by the police. Oh my god. Yeah. Glove of Darth Vader and all.
1: Meanwhile... Ken uses a Jedi mind trick to get out of his cell. Sweet, right? Then he uses it on a taxi driver to get back to Han's place. Very awesome, right?
0: Yeah, very awesome. And he convinces
1: the taxi driver that he already paid for the ride. He's a robber. Good job,
0: Ken. <laughs> nice job, Ken! Wow! <laughs> He's a robber. He is an idiot because he ate, like, four of those buns. Yeah. Um. He has no friends. His formal schooling is negligible. This kid just has nothing going for him, except he's a prince. He's got force
1: powers, though. We know that now. I guess. So on the barge, Luke and Kate find Leia. Then Han and Chewie and the Millennium Falcon find all of them. And they fly away. But as they leave the barge, Zorba in his Zorba Express, along with a fleet of bounty hunter ships... I'll start firing missiles at the barge and blow it up.
0: Oh no!
1: They don't want that barge. It's creating too much braze. It's giving them bad sinus infection.
0: Oh no! So they
1: blow it up.
0: Oh man!
1: (laughs) Because Trackless is captured now.
0: That's one way to get rid of braze.
1: And he also thinks that Princess Leia's down there. But she's not! And so Zorba gets his revenge!
0: (laughs) But not really.
1: But not really. Shouldn't
0: it be like. Revenge at last, Zorba thinks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it should be dot, dot, dot. Zorba thinks. Zorba
0: thinks. But not really.
1: So he's all happy about it. He's all proud. He goes back to the carbonite freezing chamber and gloats to Trioculus like, I just killed your wife. And he's really sad about it. They decide to freeze him in carbonite.
0: Trioculus.
1: Trioculus. And then hide him somewhere on Cloud City. So that way, the Empire can't blow up Cloud City.
0: (gasps) Because they have a hostage! They have the Emperor...
1: In Carbonite.
0: I just feel like people in the Emperor, like the kind of people who um, are on the Empire side, like they don't really give a crap or feel that much loyalty. I feel like they're just going to like, it's just going to create a power vacuum and they're going to end up with some other strongman Emperor.
1: In real life, yes. But in this book series, no. okay. Zorba uh, actually broadcasts this to all of Cloud City. Yeah. To gloat to everybody. And Han sees it while he's flying away in the Millennium Falcon. He's like, he's pretty jazzed about it. Like, you know, that Traculous is a piece of scum, but unfortunately has to leave his Sky House-
0: No, he just had his housewarming party. Right, so
1: he catches up with Luke and Leia and Kate and Ken and Chip and everyone's on board the Millennium Falcon and Han decides to take the whole gang to, quote-unquote, someplace romantic. And that's the end of the book.
0: Wow. Someplace romantic, huh? Yeah. Like where? I don't know. What could be more romantic than his sky house? So
1: that's book three of the Jedi Prince series, it wasn't very good.
0: Where can it go from there? I mean, like, literally, where can it go from there? We
1: got some good sound effects, though, this time.
0: Oh my god, it's all gonna be doors. Do you wanna try? Yeah. Kaboom! A door.
1: Well, it's an ion cannon blowing up a door.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, while well, it's door related. Crash! A door.
1: That's actually the two bounty hunters that Luke killed yeah. in the ground at the same time.
0: Oh, they're making a crashing sound? Yes. Whoa. Shook! Squeege! A door.
1: It's actually the Zorba Express being an old and crappy ship.
0: Ryan! You purposely made it so there's no doors in this one! Wheep! A door. The garage door button. The garage door button. So, not even the door, but the button to open the door. Yep. All right. So. Ryan, you purposely made it so there's no I doors. I know! I pulled a fastball. Although, one on you. Two, were, two of them were door adjacent. Door adjacent. So I, I would you're argue right. that the you're door right. obsession continues. Not as many
1: doors in this story. Yes. Ugh. So that's Jedi Prince book three.
0: I hope the next one's better.
1: Now, what's interesting about these books is even though they are for kids, a lot of this stuff makes it into the Star Wars extended universe stuff.
0: Really? You yeah, looked like, it up? like
1: Zorba's a pretty major character in the extended universe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was he invented for this series? Mm-hmm. Really?
1: Yeah. And he's got a beard. I remember I said huts can sometimes grow hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the huts with the beard. Does he have
0: like an evil goatee? Like um evil like evil Spock and everybody in like that one episode of Star Trek? No,
1: it's like these kind of like a dwarf beard. It's braided. Whoa. Let me show you a picture. That's
0: going to look dumb. I can't think of any way that wouldn't look dumb. I
1: don't think he looks that dumb.
0: No, he looks okay. He right. looks all right. Looking good, Zorbs.
1: Zorba the Hutt. I was really surprised. I thought like for sure they want to bury this stuff, but no. It's a big part of the e- EU. Zorba girl of the 21st century. You got it. That's all I got for you. I'll give you a different topic that's not a children's book next time, I promise.
0: Well, I'm just looking forward to... Well, I can't say I'm looking forward to it, but I I, I am morbidly curious what's going to happen in book four, as long as Baji's not in it.
1: can't make any promises. Oh my god,
0: do you remember? Is Baji in it?
1: You'll have to find out.
0: I would have to say my favorite character, probably Zorba.
1: You like Zorba the best? Yeah. What do you like about him?
0: He just like gets to the point. Yeah, he's
1: really direct, right?
0: Yeah, he's really direct, and I can kind of understand his point of view. He's
1: just throwing gemstones around uh, gemstones around left and right, paying people to do stuff for him. Yeah, and...
0: like, he's not a good guy, but the government did sort of, like, wrongfully seize his family's property. I mean,
1: he did blow up the factory barge. He's saving the Cloud City people exactly, from graves. Exactly,
0: exactly. Like, he did the EPA a big favor, and I just don't think he's... Zorba. I'm going to go out on a live and say Zorba did nothing wrong.
1: He's a grieving father. Yeah. If he did anything wrong, it's because he was in a dark place.
0: Exactly. He just wants to get revenge on the person who choked out his or his son. So you know, I'm kind of on his side.
1: I think ever since our hut episode, you're just like a hut apologist now. Just, I am a
0: hut apologist. I just like huts. I just yeah. like them. I understand them.
1: And just a quick note: if this seemed at all to have some similarities to the first episode of our Jub-Jub's quest, it's because I was researching it while writing that session for the RPG. So oh,
0: that's is that those, why that's the hut casino involved. I did definitely notice some elements that came City. into play. Ah. Oh, interesting.
1: But our game takes place in a separate timeline.
0: So, ha, 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 ha. 100% original. Do not steal. Yes. Creative Commons license. Okay, Joanne, anything else before we go? No, I think that'll be it. Um, Next week, I'm going to tackle the Fall of Gondolin, which is an extremely important but rather complicated event, so I'm going to do my best to elucidate that for you.
1: Sounds good. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but you'll find out.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad you invest so much time that you've got things planned ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. So, rate us on iTunes if you get a
0: chance. Oh, yes. Please do. You can do it on the podcast app.
1: If you have a phone, If iPhone. you have an iPhone.
0: Make sure you join our Facebook group and our Twitter account. Both are What's Lightsabers Precious. You can also email us at whatslightsabersprecious@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, but only if they're good. If they're bad, then just keep them to yourself.
1: Yes, be nice. We will talk to you next time. Until
0: then, bye. Bye.